When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Achoo! What if it started with me literally sneezing straight into the mic? It is. It is. Recording. I was right about to. I was right about to sneeze. And then, like, I saw the countdown and it, like, stopped the sneeze. <laughs> Happy New Year! Achoo! <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. We had the first real gap for you guys. I don't think we, mm. you guys ever experienced a real gap yet of, like, recording. We got, what, two weeks off for you guys? To- yeah, I think so. Something like that. But, you know... Hopefully everybody had a nice break and I can't believe it's 2023. I like the person, the the part of me that like likes, like I have like a quirk about numbers and like the way that they look is like so irritated by the way that the numbers 2023 looks that I'm just like, ew, I hate it. Like I just hate the number 23. It's nothing aesthetically pleasing about it to me. So I have to suffer for an entire year now. Thanks. I hate it. Thanks. Um, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah we're here and we're kind of gonna do a little like theme for you this episode one of the things that me and C were talking about was creating like some vision for our podcast this year so we have a few things we wanted to share with you guys about what we're gonna be doing so right off the bat we are trying to focus on providing some like supplemental content for you guys in a real like tangible way. So there might be a few freebies here and there. uh, And then we're going to probably provide what we're aiming for is like once a month, provide a workshop that is like asynchronous. So you would just like click into the workshop and you could open it anytime. It's not something we would have to schedule but they're going to vary in a bunch of topics and some of them will be kind of, you know, piggybacking off of episodes and then diving deeper into. Uh, so it's almost like pick and choose how relevant it is to you. And if it's like super relevant to you, then, you know, obviously check it out. Uh, but with this episode, we are going to do a freebie and we'll get back to the um, details of that in a little bit. But we realized we wanted to add a little bit more depth and interchange on your end so you can kind of go a little bit deeper. So we'll have a couple of fun things coming up with the podcast. We we have the team is expanding, it sounds like. We're going to have like Guys, an intern come on. We're getting and- so legit. <laughs> <laughs> which is fun. Uh, and we're going to focus a little bit more on expansion. So that's fun. Uh, yeah. So other than that, the topic that we're going for is intentions, resolutions, whatever you call it. This episode is going to be about that weird thing we do at the beginning of the year. <laughs> 
intention setting. Intention setting. Mm. I usually mm. call it like vision work. It depends mm. on who you're talking to. You that's know. true. So that's where we're going. And I wanna I wanna start off this episode with it's kind of tracking how we typically talk about things, how there's the surface level interpretation of something, and then there's this very deep, complex relationship behind what we're doing. So a lot of people will be like, what's the big deal? I just set an intention. I try to keep it. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why is there so much, like, why are you overthinking? <laughs> why you got to go deep? Why you got to make everything not, deep? It's not that deep, right? And it's like, right, if I'm telling myself drink more water, yeah, it might not be, like, I don't know. It, <laughs> it might not be that deep. But if if we're talking about things that we are sitting down with and there, there, there are these core elements that we want to be doing. So for example, some people might be like, this is the year I start therapy, or this is the year I start writing my story down and journaling more, or this is the year I start, you know, moving more every day or, you know, working on the presence of my you know, embodiment or whatever, whatever you're doing, right there, those are like deeper connected intentions. And what me and CA were talking about is if you're going to go that deep in your intention, we do have to kind of really talk about what is influencing that intention, what's informing that intention, where is the motivation for that intention mm -hmm. coming from? Like, what's the origin story of that intention? Mm hmm. And what, like, not just what's the origin story of it, but what's the trajectory of it as well. And like, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, but ultimately, what it comes down to is, is this an intention that you're setting or a resolution or this thing that you're attempting? Is this something that is really aligned with your actual consent and autonomy in deep inside of you? Or is this just something that is more like from an external source, something that you're trying to grab at outside of you? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what's so tricky is that when we talk about the journey towards a deeper connection with yourself, you're going to have to come to some like real tough conversations internally about, you know, why you're setting an intention around weight loss or why are you setting an intention around, you know, what, you know, going um, to therapy, right? And so obviously at first glance, someone's going to be like, that's great. Isn't it good that someone said they're going to go to therapy this year? Isn't it good that someone says they're going to get like more sculpted or whatever? And I'm like, right. But the like, <laughs> and my, on my side, like the therapist inside me, like usually takes some of that stuff with a grain of salt because I'm like, there's a million reasons why someone could make that intention or make that resolution this year. Right. And if someone's telling me the reason why they want to go to the gym is because they, you know, hate their body and they just want to lose three pounds. Like there's a big difference between that and someone who's noticed there's a relationship with movement 
and integration in their body. So some of your some of our listeners might have dealt with a lot of dissociation or a lot of complex trauma symptoms. And so they didn't really know what it felt like to be in their body. And sometimes it's intimidating to be in their body, right? And so if someone's looking at me and they're like, no, my intention for movement or for stretching or for, you know, waking up and breathing or, you know, lifting some weights or whatever, that's because after I do it, and even maybe while I'm doing it, I can feel a level of integration inside of my body that I, I, I really, it's new to me. And I'm, I'm realizing it's part of my healing journey to like, integrate back into my body, right? So if I hear that as a therapist, I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's amazing. Like that's a very deeply connected part of that intention, which is where I would say "Mm, that intention, even on hard days, it's like you're relating to it in a very healthy way versus if someone's like, I hate my body and I just need to lose three pounds. This is where the the big point that we're covering in this episode is the intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation or externally motivated versus internally motivated, right? So if you think about, do you hate your body? Like, do you hate your body because you grew up in a house where everybody was dieting and everybody hated their body and you never asked yourself, do I actually hate my body? Or did everybody just tell me that if I have a couple of extra pounds on me that I'm I'm less valuable, right? And so I have to lose three pounds because I feel valuable around that ideal weight, right? And if I'm three pounds over, I feel less valuable, right? That's an actual call to a deepening of the relationship you have with yourself. But if you miss that and you're just saying, I just need to lose three pounds, okay? So if you realize that the motivator might be more on the extrinsic side the reason why we're going into this this deep is because when you start shifting your life around cultural expectations from other people or prompts from other people or directives from other people, you're like actually directly countering your attunement to that exercise practice intention. You're actually countering your relationship with that intention, right? And so the way I've explained it is there's the intention and then there's the relationship you have with the intention, resolution, or vision, okay? There is two things going on. And nine times out of 10, when we're talking about resolutions, we're just talking about the, you know, surface level, write it down gym, (laughs) right? Okay, so when I write that down, If you do not ask yourself, what's the relationship you have with that? What is the motivator behind that? Why are you doing that? And I know CA was going to possibly talk a little bit about the emotional stuff, but like, for example, like, think about this in regards to if you weren't the primary motivator for something that you were doing internally, right? If they're like, like your best friend or your partner says like, you need to be more, um, you know, connected with your feelings, right? And you might be like, okay, yeah, that might be something I need to set, right? But my brain goes, okay, if you're setting that intention for the only reason because your friends are criticizing you for not being more open, it's actually setting yourself up 
for a lot of resenting them for saying like, they don't like me if I don't do this. Like now we're talking about the power dynamic, like who's holding the like director like role in the, in the intention. Right. And if you're not directing that energy, there's a lot of opportunity for like resentment, bitterness. The second you don't want to do that self-work or you don't want to go to therapy, all of a sudden, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Yeah, exactly. I think a good way to tell like just off the bat in your mind as you're thinking about what it is that you're trying to intention you're trying to set is if it has the word should, then that's you. That's just a non-starter right there. Like your intentions really if it uses the word should, that means that there is some external influence that is telling you that this is a priority that you should be having in your life. Because when something is coming intrinsically, you'll notice you don't use the word should. It usually sounds more like I desire, I want, I I really long for, I look forward to, things like that. You know, like it's much more I oriented, right? Not like, oh, you know, like I really should be going to yoga every day. I know I should be doing my meditation. I know yep. I should or blah, even blah, like, blah. like my therapist told me to, or my doctor told me to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you're not doing mm-hmm. it for your doctor. Like, so right? another, a really like a great, when you were talking about the uh, emotional work and if it's being influenced by somebody else versus yourself, the easiest example I can think of has to do with if you've ever listened to, experienced it personally, a teenager that's been forced to go to therapy (laughs) by their parents because like, oh, you got an attitude problem. You should go to therapy. Like these kids are typically very authentic human beings. And they're going to be the ones that are like, I literally could not give one flying katukas about this. And they'll just sit there on the couch. If this was you, you'll just be like, I don't know why I'm here. My parents made me come. I literally don't care about this at all. Like when there is no intrinsic motivator whatsoever, self-work and self-growth can't happen. Now, taking that a step further, like you were saying, more in like a you know, kind of like a partnership dynamic or something like that. Like maybe there is some motivation, right? Like, oh, I want more connectedness with my partner or I want less conflict with my partner or whatever. And they're telling me the way to achieve that is to go to therapy or that's what they do. So I guess if I want to be more like them, that's what I should do, right? There's that should. And then The thing is, if you're consistently, even you actually are putting in the work, like you do show up to therapy or whatever, here's what's interesting is sometimes when that happens is then like the going gets tough because as we've said here before, self-work isn't easy and it brings up a lot of pain sometimes and growth is uncomfortable. And so when those feelings of discomfort happen, as we said a minute ago, who gets the blame? Like you made me do this. And now I feel terrible because now I'm thinking about, you know, my communication issue or my connection issues or my childhood trauma. And I just didn't want to think about it. And you're the one who made me do this. And I hate it, you know? Um, 
that is an unfortunate thing that does happen sometimes. And if that has happened to you, it's not an unsalvageable situation. Um, and maybe I encourage you to go back and listen to literally episode number one, where we talked about self-consent when it comes to doing any of this type of work, because that is really kind of what we're getting at in this intention setting episode. Start with self-consent. It starts with checking in with yourself. And is this something that I deeply desire and long for and look forward to for myself? And that is, that's your starting point. Another way that I like to think about this is wantingness versus willingness. These are two different concepts. Wantingness is an external thing. Like I want that body. I want to be more connected with my emotions. I want to, you know, do yoga every day, whatever. That's this like, you're like focused out here. Whereas willingness is the deep embodied connection to that in a way that is almost unshakable. It's like, no, I will this to happen. I will it into existence. I will a healthy, strong connection to my body. I will a strong, healthy connection to my emotions. I I will these things for myself. And when you deeply are connected to it in that way, that's what gives you and, and this isn't some like ooh, like some self-help pep talk like, oh, this is how to actually achieve your goals, guys. I don't, I, it, maybe your goals will continue to change and shift as the year goes on. This isn't some like formula for like how to actually succeed at your New Year's resolutions. It might be sounding like that a little bit, but that's really not at all what this episode is about. It's about giving you a format for understanding whether or not the intentions you are setting are intrinsically motivated and aligned with your autonomy. And if they are, you will find that those movements you make towards those intentions feel really good. They should it shouldn't feel bad to be doing the work that's connected with your intention. If it's intrinsically motivated, even if it's challenging, right? Like workouts can be hard. Therapy can be hard. Even if it's challenging, you should, you will feel, (laughs) I'm not going to use this word, should, you will find that you feel good about it. You're like, wow, like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm so proud of myself. I'm, I'm sticking with it. And it, it feels really good to know that I'm doing this for myself, you know, versus if it's something that's much more extrinsically, you know, motivated, your feelings about the actions are going to be all over the place. Super wishy-washy. Like some days you might have that like weird, like anxious boost of energy of like, okay, today's the day I'm going to do it. And other days you might just feel sluggish. Other days you might feel resentful. Your feelings are going to be kind of like all over the place because it's not really aligned and embodied. And if you start to feel yourself getting those feelings about an intention you thought really was embodied and autonomous, that's just information to check in with yourself and say, huh, has something shifted? Like, why isn't this feeling super connected to my autonomy anymore? And then you just take a pause and you reassess. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So what CA was just saying there is really interesting because if you think about it, you could start your year. This is why this gets so tricky. You could start your year with something that seemingly is intrinsically motivated, right? And this is the power to evolve. This is the power to shift and adapt and be tuned into your authenticity, all right? So if, if you take me, for example, I might be like, you know what? I'm going to journal every day and I'm a month into it. And it really was intrinsically motivated. Like it felt light. It felt aligned. It felt something that I needed in that moment. And then I'm, you know, on the second month and I'm like, this doesn't feel, this kind of feels like I'm just trying to set a, like, I, you know, what am I, am I, am I envisioning like every single 365 days, guys, I did a journal entry. Like, what am I doing that? What am I doing this for? Like, you know, an end of the year post, like, do I feel connected to it anymore? And that is what that point is really important for people to think about for a second, because we're not saying that this is like an exact science. You could absolutely be like in the beginning of your experience when you're setting a goal or setting a vision or something, you could get to the point where you're like, this is aligned. This is my journey. This is what I need. This is where I'm at right now. Except it's just, it's very similar to the conversation around consent. Consent is continual consent. Consent is continually checking in and continually tapping into the idea of what is actually going on in the relationship that I have with this dynamic in my life. Okay. So let's say it's journaling. If the relationship is effortless and light and you're realizing you're resonating really well and it matches what you are doing, that is a good sign that you are like fully still in that energy of like intrinsically motivated. And if it starts leaning into this kind of feels like forced and I feel like this isn't where I need to go with my self-work right now. Maybe I need to switch to an audiobook. Maybe I need to switch to a more prompting workbook instead of just a blank page, right? This is what it looks like to be really, really attuned to yourself. So like if you are thinking about it, what would this look like in actuality? Because I hear the theme a lot in a lot of my clients and a lot of the people we talk to that are like engaging with this podcast. It's this idea of like, I don't trust myself. So if I'm struggling with something, what if I am just struggling and it's not necessarily misaligned, I'm just having a bad day. All right. That's a pretty solid. And I mean, I absolutely let's validate that for a second. That's very valid. If you have a day where you're like, I don't want to journal, does that mean magically that you're doing it for somebody else? No, I would say this is probably going to show up more in a pattern than it is going to be in one particular event, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're telling yourself like you had a hard day and you're like, I'm not going to journal tonight, okay? You don't have to magically be like, that's the sign, all or nothing. It's exactly (laughs) what they're talking about in that episode. No, I would say though, if Literally the next week, every single time you go to sit down to try to do that practice, you're feeling like 
something isn't working here. To me, that all that is, is an opportunity to explore where something inside of you shifted. And is that actually something that you could like learn from? Like say, ooh, I'm feeling just like very, very like detached from this. Maybe it could be a couple of things, guys. Like you could throw out a couple of ideas, but like right off the top of my head, my brain goes, maybe your brain just went through something that doesn't really want to be, you might not want to be honest about it. And by journaling, you have to be. Do you see how this deepens the relationship you have with yourself? Or it might be, Mm -hmm. hey, at the end of the night, I'm kind of exhausted. I don't want to write for like 20 minutes, right? It could be as simple as that. But guess what? None of us get to answer that for you. The only person that gets to answer that is you being radically honest with yourself, right? So that's the only person that's going to be able to authentically tap in to the reasoning behind all of a sudden there's massive dissonance around journaling. All right. And if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, it's because I'm just telling myself it's something to do. Right. Well, if you ask yourself the deeper question and you're realizing, ooh, this is because I really, really am getting intimidated by this level of processing. Okay. Well, maybe the processing needs to happen in a different way, but it doesn't mean that you have to run away from processing. So do you see how nuanced this is? This is why we could not do a short. I could not do a short video on this. I was talking to C. I was like, there's no way I could get this level of nuance in a short video. And I think it's really helpful for people to hear how deeply layered this is. Yeah. And we are, you know, kind of aligning this timing of this episode here in January in the new year, because it's when a lot of people do that New Year's resolution stuff. But On a personal note, I do intention setting regularly throughout the year. So I have have quite a lot of practice. I've been doing it for years. Um, I do it every moon cycle, actually, is when I set my intentions every new moon. And so I have a lot of practice, a lot of trial and error (laughs) with how intention setting works in real life. And as you're saying, it is incredibly nuanced and just as a personal note, like I don't know how well, like year long, for me, year long intentionality has never really worked, which is why I do it on a more regular moon cycle cycle type of thing. Because I I don't know, it's because I have ADHD. I don't know what it is. It's just like, I don't know what I'm going to be like a year from now. Like, what, 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 uh, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to feel like in August. Like, I can't sit here and come up with what I'm going to do every single day for 365 days. So that's just like me throwing that out there as a possibility. If that's you too, if you're like, New Year's resolutions are pointless and I've never once followed through with one of them, that's not what this episode is about. It's not about New Year's resolutions. It's not about coming up with the perfect intention that's going to last 365 days. No. Like I said, it's just like a blueprint for like how to actually understand. And you don't have to align your intention setting with anything. It doesn't have to be aligned with the new year or the new moon or the new anything. It can literally be a random Tuesday in March where you're like, I really feel like setting an intention for myself today. Go for it. And this is how, right? This is how to connect with that like deep, authentic, autonomous part of yourself to understand is this thing that I am wanting to make action towards something that I know is really coming from inside of me and it feels good to pursue. 
I think that's what's interesting, though. I think that's why people get intimidated by intentions is there's all these weird cultural expectations that get attached to them. And then there's like even inside the intention setting or the resolution or whatever people are calling, there's these like connotations of like, and I know you said this recently off off like air where you were talking about like how people are so strict sometimes on their consistency that they don't ever reevaluate, right? Mm, yeah, I was talking about that. Do you the, want to speak to that for a Yeah. Second? So some people encourage this or they've picked this up culturally somehow that like consistency is the highest level like value that you could have when it comes to intention setting and new year's resolutions and things like that. Like you just got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. You got to stick with it. Even on the bad days, even when you don't feel like doing it, you got to do it anyway. And you know, that like grit mentality, grit culture, just like grit through it. And again, of course, nothing is black and white. And like we've said before, like there are some days where you don't necessarily feel like doing something. You can either skip that day or you can grit through it, whatever feels right for you. But pattern-wise, if you start to notice as a pattern that something is really misaligned and like there is just so much dissonance and like tension and grinding of gears against it, I see and have seen no benefit come from gritting and grinding through for extended, extended periods of time other than what ends up, well, this isn't a benefit, but a result is burnout. You will burn out. Like you can do it. I've done it. I've gritted through things I didn't want, <laughs> so like more than you know, and all it does is lead to resentment and burnout. And then you got to recover from that. And that's work. So it's like, you can either be uncomfortable in this way, or you can be uncomfortable in that way. Regardless, you're going to be putting energy somewhere. So this is a way to continue to check in with your, the way you're spending your energy basically is if you're going to be spending your energy why not do it in a way that's a little bit more aligned, a little bit more longevity, a little bit more successful. So what I was talking about to you off air on that day was instead of being super like attached to the idea of consistency, focus instead on aligning with what is true and, and aligned and, 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 in you know, intrinsic, everything that we're saying right now. So instead of saying, I need to consistently journal every single day because I said I would, and I just have to do it. What ends up happening if you, if you value consistency over alignment is that you override your own consent. And when you get used to overriding your own personal consent, you will then expect other people to override their consent for whatever reasons, you know, you'll, you'll find that this does show up interpersonally as well. Somebody might put up a personal boundary of their own because they don't have energy to, you know, you planned to go out to margaritas on a Tuesday with your friend, and it's Tuesday morning and you get a text from your friend saying they just are not feeling it. They had a really rough couple of weeks and they really just need a night in if you are connected with your own personal consent and autonomy, that is, oh my gosh, take the time you need. I'm so sorry you're going through it. Like if there's anything I do, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, rest. Oh my gosh, that's fine. But if you're a person who consistently overrides your own consent, you might push back on that and be like, I've been looking forward to this. Come on, like margaritas will take the edge off too. Like, let's just, just go for it anyway. Just 
basically telling them, override the consent that you're, you know, just your body is telling you you need to rest, but I think you should do this instead. That's a way that it starts to show up interpersonally. So understanding this concept of consent always comes back to the relationship with self. If you are consistently consenting within your own self, you will notice it's so much easier to interact interpersonally with other people as they exercise their own consent and boundaries and energy. Right. I think this is where you run into people getting like triggered by each other's like self-respect and self-honoring. Like they literally will like trigger, they will get triggered by it. Like, and I don't use that word lightly. They'll actually like be upset. (laughs) Like, so for example, like if you are like, you know, uh, you know, no days off or something. And like, I'm just using the movement example, but like you're no days off. And then someone's like, yeah, I don't know. I tweaked my shoulder. Um, I think I'm going to take the next week off so I can heal. And the, let's say this is like a very hard, like, you know, hardline coach or something. And they never take time to heal. And they say something like, well, that must be nice. Or, you know, that's, that's not the type of athlete I am. Right. Or something. And it sounds so absurd, right? It sounds so absurd to like actually get pushback for like honoring what your body needs. But when they get upset at you for honoring what your body needs, I just need everyone to hear this. It's, it's probably not something that is like actually wrong with you, if not probably absolutely not something wrong with you. It's something that they perceive about themselves that they aren't allowing integrated into their life. So when they criticize you for taking a day off of work or or when someone uses the intention, like I'm going to use every single one of my vacation days because it's my time, right? And then you start using your vacation day. So you are all of a sudden like, taken a lot more time than you ever did before. Like I have people gloating to me. I never use my vacation days. I'm like, that's not the flex you think it is. Right. So it's like, (laughs) so when people will, will be like walking out of work and they're like, where are you going? And they're like, Oh, I took a half day. Well, that must be nice. That must be nice. That's not you. That's not something you did. You did not make a wrong choice there. You set the intention to prioritize your time. They got triggered because they don't, right? And so this is where the intersectionality between your actual deep relationship with yourself will start triggering other people's lack of connection with themselves, right? So this does happen with intentions because people do start actually, what is an intention? It's meaning a shift from a previous thing you weren't doing or something that you are not going to indulge in, something like that, right? It's either an activation or like a disengagement from something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a shift. It's something in your life that's going to shift. Some of it's more obvious than others, right? But seriously, like you see this with a lot of things that will show up like externally, right? If I had a friend that I drank with all the time and then they come back, you know, the first week of January and they're like, you know, I asked them to come out and they're like, I'll come out, but I'm not going to drink. And all of a sudden I get like, you know, they or sorry, they get like 20 questions because they're like berated by like, why are you not drinking? And what are you like? It's, it's not a, I don't have to justify like what I'm doing. I don't have to justify to you. Like, I'm sorry, this is like bringing up something for you, 
but like that's not my responsibility to like soothe right so like all of a sudden why do these conversations provoke massive dissonance in some families or some friendships it's because all of this or workplaces, right? Workplace culture sometimes is like very boozy culture, right? So all of a sudden, you know, fun, you know, fun Brittany or fun Sally or whatever, she all of a sudden, we all wanted her to come because she is the life of the party. And now she's not drinking. Well, that that sucks for us. Uh, Oh, okay. Like, do you like, so it's one of those things that you're going to start realizing that by the t- by you actually having an intrinsic motivator, because notice, you're going to really have to have an intrinsically like motivated intention mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. hold that firm. In a, to in hold a up against, yeah. Right. To hold up against stuff like that. Because if I didn't, and I was like, I don't give a shit. It's not for me. It's for other people, right? And the second someone says, oh, well, that's not my, I, I don't care. Drink away, right? You're going to be like, oh, you don't care? Okay, I'm going to drink, right? Mm-hmm. Or they mm-hmm. do that like bullshit, like the bullshit, like um, fake authenticity thing where they're like, yes, I really am going to do this. And then the second someone says like, oh, can you, uh, can you just like bend it today, right? And you're like, don't tell anyone, right? And it's like, okay, who, like- If you want to do that, like it's that whole sober curious, if you want to drink and you're not obviously like, this is complicated. We probably shouldn't do a call. But for example, like, but for example, like it's that idea of like, oh no, um, I told myself I wasn't going to spend money on like getting my nails done, but like, um, he's not here this weekend. And so like, you know, he's going to be away for a week. So I might as well at least have him for a week. Don't tell him. And it's like, (laughs) are you not spending money for yourself or are you not spending money because someone told you to like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like when you do it secretly, it's like, and then the environment influences you so fast. All we're saying, we're not saying this to shame people. We're literally saying the idea of information. It's information. The (laughs) idea behind it is like, if you walked away from that experience, like thinking like, okay, it's all a little secret. Well, then maybe you need to have an honest conversation about how attuned you are to that intention. Because if you don't absolutely if you literally be that easily swayed, maybe it's something that you don't prioritize. And like, it it isn't as important as you thought it was to you. Right. And that's, yeah, it gets very, yeah. tricky, very fast. <laughs> and obviously, like there's a million nuances and facets to this, but I feel like now might be a good time to shift into a little bit of maybe the like how part of intention setting, because for a lot of people, they might be listening and be like, okay, this all sounds good. But like, how do I pick an intention? Like, where do I even start? Like, how do I even know what I intend for my life? And so, and this is where I'm just going to give a a couple of thoughts because like I said, as a person who has regularly been intention setting for a couple of years now, some trial through trial and error, these are some things that I've learned. Choosing intentions that are running towards instead of running from tend to be much more successful. And what I mean by that is this is something that you are actively in your mind, like when you envision yourself like engaging with the actions that are needed to get to this intention, you feel that it is a forward moving trajectory. Your eyes are forward. You're seeing something in front of you that you are moving towards versus 
there's something big, bad, mean, scary, shameful, bad, whatever behind you that you keep looking over your shoulder that you're scared of and you're running away from. That type of energy tends to just fizzle out and not really have the staying power that the running towards energy tends to have. And again, this has everything to do with intrinsic versus extrinsic because the action itself could look the same and it could be motivated in one person as a running from and in another person it's a running towards. So it's not even so much the action itself, it's it's how you envision yourself engaging with those actions. Are you eyes forward moving towards something or are you eyes back running from something? So that's one tip trick that I have learned. And then another thing that I've learned is this is kind of like abundance versus deficit topic, which is setting intentions that have to do with expansion and more rather than limiting and less. So instead of saying, I'm going to have less chocolate, I'm going to have less alcohol. I'm going to have less whatever. It's I want to eat more vegetables. I want to drink more water, right? So you're, we're setting intentions that are expansive and they are about inviting more into our lives of the things that we desire and are good and aligned with what we're trying to do rather than it's, it's a very similar as like the running towards running from, but it's just like kind of like another way to think about it. And some intentions work better with this more or less mentality versus the running towards running from thing. So maybe think about kind of formulating your intentions in that way as a, as a more, as an expansion rather than a limiting and a less. So like I was trying to think of an example for like the running towards versus like running from, and like, I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm sure something like that a lot of the listeners can relate to is like the idea of like, when people say like bad habits, right? Like I want to get rid of the bad habits, right? And I think about like, what are some bad habits that are whatever? And I would say like, well, first of all, I mean, do bad habits exist? Yes. But like, I wouldn't label them necessarily just like as simple as that, because I think like every habit that we perpetually do is most likely probably soothing something within us. And the implication of that habit is probably what's leaning you towards maybe this needs to be eliminated because the impact of this or the implications of this is actually causing problems or actually causing dissonance or actually causing like a lot of, you know, issues with the way I show up to the world. Right. So for example, like if someone's telling me, and I'm just using an example because like, you know, phone usage is like massively high for like a lot of people. Right. So if you're like, at the end of the day, I don't want to be on my phone. I like don't want to doom scroll. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to dissociate into my phone, right? Which by the way, like I absolutely do this stuff. So I'm not just sitting here on a high horse, okay? So like, <laughs> see, it's like, see. So, but I feel like there's this balance, right? Where there's this, yeah, you can be on your phone for a little bit or whatever. But like what I think what running from is like, I have this like, trap that I fall into that I have time blindness or whatever. And all of a sudden I can be on my phone for three hours and I don't even realize it. Right. Well, what running to something might look like is 
All right. So let's say you notice that the most time you're on your phone, and I know people have lives and they have different things that are conflicting to this, by the way. So I'm not saying it's perfect. Okay. But for example, let's say, you know, you are realizing that on, you know, weeknights, you're finding that the most time you're on the phone is like seven to nine or something. Okay. (laughs) And just for the sake of this argument, you're not putting kids to bed. Okay. I know a lot of people have kids, but just for the sake of this argument, you're, you're putting, you're not putting kids to bed. All right. Running towards might look like, so in those two hours, what could I add to even one day of my week for two hours? What could I schedule? Like for Tuesday nights, like, could I schedule a, you know, a meditation class? Could I like literally that you leave the house for, for two hours, drive there, spend an hour there, drive back. That's about two hours, right? So instead of two hours, doom scrolling on your phone, you might leave for two hours and that's two hours less of doom scrolling, but you're not running away from it. You're running towards something new, right? So you're, and remember that, that, Also, new behavior has to be aligned, so don't pick something random, but maybe it's a paint (laughs) class. Maybe it's a paint class. Maybe Maybe it's like going on a walk, right? Like something that you're like, I'm going to add something to my life in those two hours instead of just telling myself, you aren't allowed to go on your phone from seven to nine, right? So if you do you see how it's very, very different? Because the difference is, yes. I guess if you went to the gym, you could still doom scroll on the treadmill. Like you could still do that. But like what our idea, what our idea is, is there's obviously something inside of your brain that said, I want to use that time differently. Exactly. And if that's all you're aiming for, I want to use my time in a different way. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't say, I'm just not going to utilize that time. Okay. That's that's the first step is changing the the two hours time span, except don't set yourself up for failure and then have something that's like basically ambiguous or vague. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's a Tuesday night and you're like, you know, it's now 845 and you realize you were scrolling for two hours. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. that's what I think. And I mean, Sia, you might have a different example, but like when I was envisioning, what would that actually look like? It's what Sia was talking about. It could be the exact same premise. Mm-hmm. except it's executed in a completely different way. And it also yes. feels different while you're executing it. Absolutely. So in both of the kind of tricks or tips that I yeah, like <laughs> laid out, um, that applies really well, which is using like a replacement strategy rather than just like, a cutting out or cutting off of something or like strictly adding something, although strictly adding things can sometimes work really well, but sometimes you do have to get really specific with it. And, and when you do that, like replacement strategy, it works really well. So if you have this pocket of time where this particular thing usually happens and and it's like something that either you're trying to cut out or it's just something that like you don't care that much about like it's kind of irrelevant to you that's a good pocket of time to insert whatever new thing it is that you're aiming for so that's a really really good strategy and I'm glad that you brought that up 
And then the last tip that I wanted to give for like trying to tap into what my intention, like what should I have an intention about is the concept of curiosity. Curiosity for me has always been a really, really great motivator for intentions. And I am giving this tip to you guys to see if maybe it helps some of you guys as well. Sometimes I come up to, you know, a new moon cycle and there's nothing super jumping out at me. Like some, some months it comes up and I'm like, I know what I need to work on this month. Like I know what I am like super excited to start like leaning towards, but sometimes it comes up, comes around and I'm like, I don't know, like nothing's really coming to me. And those are the months that I choose like a curiosity based intention, which is just something that like, I've always wondered about. Like, I wonder if I could learn a new song on the piano. I I don't know. Like I I could, I, I don't know. I wonder if I'd be any good at yoga. I wonder if I'd be any good at this, or I wonder what would happen if I did blah, 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 blah. So curiosity can sometimes help if you're struggling to be like, I don't know if I even need to do it. Like you might not need to, but if you are resonating with this episode and you're wanting to come up with a nice, like aligned type of intention to work on over whatever course of time you want to, it doesn't have to be a month, doesn't have to be a year, doesn't even have to be a week. This is just my final tip of choose something that like maybe just kind of sparks your curiosity because that kind of usually lights up your inner child. And I just don't think we get enough opportunities to interact with our inner child in these days, this, this world that we live in. Um, so I have noticed that curiosity often aligns with your inner child and it's like, Oh, I'm like curious about that. I wonder what would happen if, and so that might just be something that works for you. Yeah. And I think this is what's interesting about like, I'm glad you were leaving with some tips for them because like, what's hard about this is I feel like a lot of people when especially probably some of our listeners, they think it has to be like super heavy. And I'm glad you like left them with like, almost the invitation to even if it is something that's like very, very um, like a large undertaking that you're like, I really, really want to focus on this this year, making sure that you're tapping into that part of healing that is like giving back to you. Like what CA was saying, like, what, I'm sorry, we were talking about the difference between, you know, why someone would work out and integrate their body and do embodiment work, right? Why would they do that, Right. And so if you think about the narrative that you're holding on to of like, it's literally creating building blocks for my embodiment and it's like creating momentum behind my healing. Like that's like an aspect of that intention. That's like giving it's like literally freely giving. And then this is actually one of my personal intentions, just little, little insight to my personal intentions this year is if you are giving yourself the opportunity to res- or to give, like to be giving, like to be like the healing is giving something back to you, you need to be able to receive it, right? So for example, like <clears throat> you could be presenting yourself with the opportunity to be like in the like interchange between giving and, and receiving, right? So if you're taking a new class, like someone's giving you new information, right? Or if you're doing embodiment work, the teacher might be giving you the opportunity to tap in or to explore yourself in a new way, right? And what's interesting is like, 
when you tap into like giving in complex trauma, in trauma narratives and in people recovering from trauma, it can get uncomfortable to, to receive. All right. And this is us. This is what I want to leave you with guys, because it does show up in our intentions. If you are not comfortable receiving, you very well may be more comfortable in the basically opposite of like, you know, you're maybe more comfortable running away from versus running toward, right? Okay, because if you're running away from something, it's kind of like you're motivating yourself from a place of like fear or deprecation or kind of this lacking of mentality. And so you kind of have to force yourself to do it, right? But if I show it in a way of like you're running towards, right? Or like something's in front of you. Let's even not even say running towards, like something's in front of you, not behind you, pestering you, but someone's in front of you with their hand open and saying, hey, this is something you could receive. I got chills right there. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but it's like, this is something you could receive. If you're sending an attention, one of the big things that I would ask you to sit with is like, if I am setting my intentions in this new way and I am starting to set myself up in a like giving, receiving relationship, I'm actually going toward things and people are like moving, like I'm basically in a place of receiving. Am I allowing that to be received? So it could be from somebody else, but it also could be from yourself. Okay. Do you hear what, like, so CA was actually encapsulating that pretty well when she's talking about curiosity. So the inner child might be like, I'm really, really, really wanting to give you that opportunity to like feel free and disconnect or like, and, um, like unattached and like free flowing. And so I want you to take, I want you to take that class. That would be really, really fun for us. Right. But that interchange between the self, you could be asking, there could be a really, really light and expansive intention right there. Like, I really want you to flow with that. Can you try it? There is an entire interchange on the other side that sometimes comes up in complex trauma, which is I'm scared of receiving. And that, that is something to kind of explore when you're doing this work. All right. I'm not saying it's easy, but asking that question is I could put that in front of me and am I comfortable receiving it? Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, a really good place to, and <laughs> there but and, uh, what are we having for them ca what are we doing yeah the freebie um now that you've listened to this episode you'll be uh you know hopefully able to see in the wording um we're going to provide a basically it's just gonna be a pdf and, or something like that and it's gonna have a bunch of prompts um, for intention setting uh, and different ways to kind of just kind of get your juices flowing, get you get your wheels turning, and um, hopefully you'll be able to connect with yourself and through the prompts find a few ways and directions that you might want to 
take your little self journey on. I love it. So that is going to be in our show notes and it will be very simple. You'll be able to download it probably in like 10 seconds. So, um, so like I said, guys, this is kind of the beginning of us giving a little bit more in depth stuff to you. And we wanted to start off the episode on this year just to kind of give you something right off the bat. So that's what we're going for. Um, we are going to continue our stride. We're not going to have like a gap like that just happened. So you're going to have your weekly episodes. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Welcome to 2023. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollected self and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work